we welcome you back into the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. And for the first time in what seems like an eternity, we also welcome back First into time the fast this lane. year. It is the first time this year because we didn't have him on last week. Ben Cates, newsadvance.com, local sports reporter. Yes, that is broad because that is necessary to encompass everything that Ben Cates covers and is able to discuss with us here in the fast lane. Ben, a pleasure to speak with you. The Fiesta Bowl experience. It was great seeing you down there in Arizona. It was a wonderful time from our perspective for you. From the media setup to the way the event went off and everything about it from a coverage standpoint, in addition to your great work for newsadvance.com and Ben Kate's 8 on Twitter, what were your impressions covering that event? Thanks for having me, Ed. Um, it's good to be back with you guys in the new year. Um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the trip out west. Um, you know, I had personally only been out west once in my life so it was it was super fun to to get away and and enjoy some different kind of air you know um and it was it was a class act um we were we were treated really well and um and you know got to got to be a part of some cool things out there and and um and then had had you know great seats uh in the press box for for the game at the Cardinal Stadium, and um, and it was it was super fun. I think everybody who who went with our crew really enjoyed it, and it seemed like uh, it seemed like the the media was uh, as a whole really enjoyed uh, the the whole experience as well. So um, it, it was very interesting, and I know that the outcome was was exactly what maybe some people were were expecting. Um, but overall, I think it was a, a good. Uh, trip for the for the team and I, I think it was a, a huge learning experience as well you touched on so many angles we will get to the football angle and perspective for this um but the overall experience I mean you were there covering it but certainly you saw it and we did as well but the Liberty turnout what was your sentiment about the impact this had and what it said to a larger audience in college football and the 4.7 or so million people who watched this game, and it wasn't a packed venue by any means, but who saw that Liberty seemed to support this program very well all the way up to and through the Fiesta Bowl itself. Yeah, it was kind of a it's kind of amazing at this point. I think um, that you know there are people who were fans, uh, Oregon fans, or maybe just college football fans who who didn't know about Liberty. I mean, I think. Liberty has been just as a whole in the national spotlights several times the past few years, and so you should be familiar, I think, with with the school a little bit more than than people probably were, uh, you know, a dozen years or so ago. But um, and and you know, to to speak to the the crowd itself, I was a little bit skeptical going in. I got there really early, and and you know, the the stadium was pretty empty and. Even right before game time, I was kind of like, I don't know if these Liberty people are going to turn out or not, but they really did, and um, and the stadium was seemed like it was it was jumping by the time the game got going, and um, and it seemed like you know I don't I don't know the numbers exactly, but it seemed like uh, just eyeballing the crowd that the that Liberty was really well represented and and was right up there, you know, uh, with as far as numbers go with with Oregon, so. I think the fans traveled really well. The team traveled really well. And um, I think it was an interesting experience for them. Ben Cates 8, Twitter, newsadvance.com. 
are both ways you can connect with the aforementioned Ben Cates, who joins us now here in the fast lane. Ben, the game itself for the Liberty Flames, we've touched on this numerous times in our conversations about how certain times players just pop or they look different. How reasonable is it to say that, you know, through all the thoughts of how Liberty lost 45-6 to Oregon, and we are looking back on it because we get a chance to get your perspective, and we're grateful for that. How much of it was Oregon just had a number of guys that popped in a different way than Liberty had, and therefore they were able to utilize that to their advantage? Yeah, you know, that that opening touchdown that Liberty had really set Oregon back. I think you had players kind of looking around, being like, what just happened? And then all of a sudden, you know, that those four or five-star guys, you know, who were just super talented and super fast, just kind of took over in every aspect of the game. I think, you know, everybody knows Bo Nix at this point and what he's capable of. Um, And he certainly uh, flexed his muscles in that game and, and didn't seem like he had very many problems at all. But from my perspective, I think that that game was as much of a Tez Johnson game as a Bo Nix game, you know, the, the receiver for Oregon that is Bo's adopted brother. Um, he just had a heck of a game and talked to that kid a lot um, before before the game in the days leading up to it. And, and um, you know, he was, he was going to be the number one receiver coming in because another guy had opted out. And he really, he really, shined in that game um he was he was excellent and when you're going against a team like oregon i think you know liberty has like technically what like four quarterbacks on their roster and it's not like they're going to use those backups unless something happens if they're going with caden salter and oregon's going with bo Nix. but as far as the aesthetics go i think oregon had something like 12, 14 quarterbacks on the roster. Like, it's just ridiculous. They're, they're so loaded. And um, I, I think at some point you have to appreciate um, where that program is in relation to, to Liberty right now, which is, you know, still considered the newcomer. Indeed. Liberty's in a new spot for this, and it goes to something that Jamie Chabwell echoed after the game, but could be the biggest picture takeaway, and that is – that this is the type of experience that Liberty needed from how to put this on as a program, certainly, but also just the players themselves and what it takes and the coaching staff of how to get this roster that Liberty has right now coming back. More on that momentarily with Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com. But get this Liberty roster ready to compete with a roster like an Oregon or someone of that caliber, which obviously, as we mentioned, vastly different. And at least Liberty now has the touch point of Here's where we are, Liberty. Here's where they are, a team that we want to be like. Yeah, I mean, 50 years, uh, which is how long Liberty's program has been around, um, is is not really that long of a time period, and it's 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 really impressive what what Liberty has done in that in that time period, and especially in the past what five years or so, being being at the FBS level. I mean that that is that is a rapid rise, and it um, it speaks to the players and the coaches um, who have, you know, put in the time to make sure that that, that happened. Um, it is, it, that fact kind of can't be overlooked that, um, that Liberty has, has, you know, done a lot in a little bit of time. And 
but you still are like we were just like we said the newcomer on the block and um and you know there is uh, a difference between going into that game hoping for the upset and then reality sneaking in and you see a, a team like Oregon that has that experience and that's that's got to be the blueprint for what you want you know you want to be one of those teams like Oregon uh that's coming in with so much experience it is a goal for a program like Liberty to get to that point it does help when a guy like Caden Salter who initially announced he would enter the transfer portal backed off of that announcement and is returning to Liberty University uh, for the 2024 season. I I think we know the answer to this, but I I need to get your comments on this. How important was that for the Flames? Oh, my gosh. You know, I think it had to be stunning for for a lot of people when when roughly 24 hours after that game, your, your star quarterback says, I'm going elsewhere. And that's just such a quick decision. And I think, you know, that happened before a lot of people, including myself, could even get home from Arizona. Um, it happened when I was in the air. So I was kind of um, freaking out about trying to get something written. But um, it happened so fast. And then to for him to turn around and say that he's coming back, I mean, that kind of caps a wild week um, in in Liberty football, and and it means the it has to mean the world to the team um, to have him coming back. And um, I don't know all of the ins and outs of of why he chose to come back yet, um, but it's definitely good for the program for sure. It says a lot about Liberty. And granted, you know, I don't tend to believe they're going to have the volume of NIL coffers that, like, we'll just say Ole Miss right now because they've been the most active in the NIL space this year, or we could put Florida State, who was active in it last year, in that camp. But for Liberty, that at least it's there as an opportunity for them as a program, especially relative to a lot of the group of five programs. You would think, well, it has to put Liberty in a pretty good spot where, you know, it's not the only factor, but it's something that Liberty can say, hey, we can attract and retain this type of talent, which, again, sets them up for longer-term success. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I don't know that we've seen, <clears throat> excuse me, the end of um, how this, you know, <laughs> rephrase that. We've only seen the beginning of how much Liberty's appearance in a New Year's Six Bowl will affect it uh, recruiting-wise going forward. You know, having Caden Salter go straight into the portal, you know, and, and as soon as he does, he's considered the number Twenty, I think, recruit in in the country that's in the portal at the moment, and or that has been in the portal this year. Sorry, and so that just shows. Yeah, there are guys who uh, who who are who are at Liberty who are C.J. Daniels the same way as a wide receiver who are like going to be really sought after, um, no matter what. And um, and and then you can also conversely attract guys who see you. Um, on national television and and want to be a part of that program and so um, it's going to be really interesting going forward to see how much uh, that appearance really helps Liberty. Ben pivoting away from Liberty Flames football and Liberty Flames athletics to the high school space because we're getting closer to the start of high school basketball as well we are in the start of high school basketball we're getting close to it really getting on the verge of regionals and champion districts regionals and then state championships we're a month or so away from that but you know it's getting here quicker than you might think we are in the midst of district play 
Um, give us your biggest story right now. One from the women's, one from the men's side before we dive in more deep in the next week or so. I really like um, from the from the girls' side, um, as far as local basketball goes, uh, LCA is going to be really tough to beat. I like uh, the Liberty Bedford team as well. Uh, I think uh, their center, Shania Brown, had like 27 rebounds last night. Um, she is, she's just incredible. Um, and then from the, from the boys' side, you know, we've got a good, good one coming up this Friday. With, that's always a good one with EC Glass and Heritage, the first time that they've met um, in the regular season, first of two meetings. Um, I really like Jefferson Forest boys' team as well. Um, and, and the, you know, Glass, JF, and Rustburg boys all at the top um, of, of the Seminole right now as far as the, the teams to beat. Um, and it's going to be an interesting uh, kind of down-the-stretch thing to see how some of that plays out. Um, but there's quite a bit of talent in the Seminole district right now. Ben, you teased one that we will discuss next week, and that is the Liberty girls basketball team. There are a lot of angles, and we will unpack that. Of course, we'll have Glass JF, or excuse me, Glass Heritage in basketball to recap as well next week. That is for a different time, though. In the meantime, for today, that is all the time that we have with Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com. Ben, it's always our pleasure to speak with you in the fast lane. Thank you much, and uh, good luck as you transition back into basketball in greater depth. Guys, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Appreciate you. It's our pleasure. Ben Cates with us here in the fast lane. Yeah, I do want to unpack the story of Liberty basketball, girls basketball this year for an athletic department that has had way more downs than ups. To have a team that's 8-2, and two. and uh, I get it, they're not in the full throes of district play, but I mean, look, this is a school that's really struggled. I mean, we saw it in the football field, how they were celebrating, and you know, they even, I mean, everybody jumped on the field and celebrated when they finally scored a touchdown in their 10th game of the year against Amherst this past year, the 10th and final game, and Amherst had the game well in hand, and nobody from the officials to the Amherst sideline even objected to the players and coaching staff members running onto the field in excitement just because everyone had seen what Liberty football had gone through. But they've had their challenges in a lot of other sports this year. So to have a girls basketball team that's 8-2, and two, and are they the best team in the district? I don't even think so. I think Ben alluded to it that it's probably LCA, and they're both 3A schools, and that's going to be a major hurdle that the Liberty Minutemen girls basketball team will have to overcome. That's one of the cool stories worth monitoring. I mean, there are a lot that will pop up during basketball season, but I just I remain fascinated by that every time Liberty can win, and I hope that the, the community of Bedford can enjoy Liberty and that the Liberty girls can enjoy playing and what it means and the pressure of being this bright spot to what's been a challenging year athletically for Liberty doesn't weigh too heavily on them. Your feedback does not weigh too heavily on us all the time, but it does at this juncture, which is why we need to get to it. Good feedback, of course. Next, here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.